Hi, this is Tristan Navera with Columbus Business First, here today with an interesting newsmaker. His name is Wayne Herrer. He's something of a local legend in the real estate world. He is an executive managing principal at Newmark Knight Frank's local office and represents a lot of the major real estate properties in downtown office leases. But before he was a broker, he was a clipper, and he's got a really interesting story. So let's get to it. Tell us about how you ended up uh, working um, your way up uh, to, to the Clippers here. Well, sure. So I grew up in uh, suburban Chicago and uh, played, of course, all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. And uh, at the end of my senior year, I got a scholarship to the University of New Orleans mm-hmm. to play baseball. Had a couple good years there and, and then a subsequent fall ball and uh, signed with the Red Sox back in the 70s, I'll leave it at that. Hmm. And then uh, we went to up their chain, Winter Haven, Florida, Florida State League, Winston-Salem, Carolina League, Bristol, Connecticut, home of ESPN, AA Eastern League, and then uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, the International League, where the same league the Clippers play in. I was there in 77. And 78 was released in 79, signed on with the Yankees, but went to their double-A team back in the Eastern League, and then made the Clippers out of spring training in 1980, and that would have been uh, championship years of 80, 81, and we were just short on in 82. So that's how I got here. And then in 83, I was released, but the Yankees wanted a a left-handed batting practice pitcher. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I was an outfielder, could play first base, because I... Through left and hit right. I'm sorry, hit switch hit. But uh, we would throw batting practice to everybody, you know, before the games and stuff and extra work. And, and uh, so they said, well, we've seen you throw batting practice. All you got to do is, you know, cheat up on that mound with the screen and just lay it in there for a half hour. And, yeah. and that's it. So they did that all of 83 with the Yankees, got to travel in the big league. So that was a nice transition year from playing nine years to, you know, kind of easing out of the game rather yeah. than just cold turkey because to uh, be honest a lot of guys have a lot of uh, transition problems from playing you know being a professional yeah. athlete yeah. and then going into another career and you know you get all types of, that you played with guys who got, you know, just graduated high school you got you know scholars that played baseball at Stanford yeah. or yeah. Yale or something like that and everything in between so uh, you just really uh, you know you just don't know where that's going to end up as far as Who's gonna who you're gonna be playing with and what have you? All right. Well, tell me about. I mean, go back to to your first experiences uh, in Columbus. Tell me about the first time you you found your way. What was the old stadium like? So Mount Street was uh, pretty much the Cadillac of the league. Yeah. I actually came <laughs> here and played with Pawtucket in '77. Our and our uh, first series road trip was against uh, Columbus, and uh, tell the story that it was probably 35 degrees, raining, sleeting, and they just renovated the stadium. The visiting team was staying in the old Neal House, which where the yeah. Huntington Center sits today. And uh, we figured it was rained or snowed out, and, you know, it's going to be an off day. Who's, where's the card game? Mm-hmm. So, uh, But the trainers said, no, they've sold 15,000 tickets. They're not calling this game. So we actually played in kind of a nasty weather. Yeah. And uh, uh, Clippers ended up going home winners I was on the other team then <laughs> so uh, anyway two years on the other team and then first time back to Columbus I, again I was happy to make the team and 
and be here. And uh, we had a great team with, you know, a lot of guys going up to the big leagues, the Mattingleys and the Rigettis, a lot of guys' insurance policies, and the yeah. rest of us were suspects, I think. <laughs> so, so, so the prospects have somebody to play with. But as I said, uh, the entertainment, you know, the crew wasn't around then, so you really had mm-hmm. Ohio State and the football yeah. in the fall and then the Clippers in the summer. So uh, we, we drew pretty well. We probably drew uh, half a million, 550,000. Wow. And, of course, the new ballpark, after the first couple of years, we've settled in at 600,000 yeah. attendance, which is very good. It's always top of the AAA uh, attendance. What's it like, uh, I mean, standing at, at home plate there when you've got a full stadium around you? Oh, see, that's a, I was uh, asked about that. <clears throat> I think you focus, so whether you're playing uh, the field or batting, but mainly batting, I think you're so focused on the situation yeah. and the pitcher that you don't really – you know, you don't really get into the crowd. I always say it's harder to hit a golf ball with ten people yeah. watching than it is than it is a baseball. So, it you know, it, it's something you kind of get used to. And yeah. then you know, there'd be event days where the, the San Diego Chicken would be there, or Max Patkin, or that where they'd sell out the stadium, or one of the local companies would buy out the stadium for their employee night, whether yeah. it be nationwide or whoever. And so that was always that was always a kick to you know, have a full stadium yeah. down there. And I think just the neighborhood, you know, just kind of went away from them there. And, and a lot of things were outdated. And then it was going to have to be renovated because they uh, put that thing together in 77. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't, you know, the structure wasn't renovated at all. They did go from turf to grass, which was a big improvement. But then it was time. And um, when the arena district started to evolve, I was on board at that point, too, and still am. That would have been the the perfect spot because it fits perfectly with the hockey season. Yeah, summer, does. winter, and now the crew will be there. There'll be a couple conflicts, but not many probably. And so you really have a sports and entertainment district, and the Clippers, the Huntington Park, I should say, was, I think, a key wheel in that. Yeah, I can imagine. Tell me, I mean, tell me about that experience. I mean, you first start having these conversations that a new ballpark is needed. Um, you get to be part of the decision-making process. Right. Yeah, we have a board of uh, eight or ten now uh, yeah. appointed by the uh, county commissioners. And, um, you know, it was really just trying to figure out how to finance the thing. So we had experts from uh, from uh, finance specialists, attorneys, et cetera. They knew that was the site. So uh, they hired an independent consultant. I'm conflicted. was on the board to, mm. to assemble those seven acres yeah. and then uh, just kind of make it all fold in. We got financing, floated some bonds, and... Uh, just a beautiful ballpark. I'm sure you guys have been, but it's a nice summer night. There's no better place. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to say, you know, you go there in the summer and it's always full. Yeah. You know, it's 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 an experience. It's a very summer experience in Columbus. This is an exaggeration, but I tell Ken Schnocky sometimes, I said, you know, you and I can go out there and play. As long as the weather's good, the place is going to be uh, yeah. full. Yeah. Again, a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Actually, the Clippers, you know, have been very competitive. Won their uh, Governor's Cup again. Last year, so being on the board, I still get all the, all the nice jewelry. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's been a good experience too. Great people on that board, and Ken Schnocky's been well. He's been there for forty years, so yeah, yeah, great leadership. That's you know, and that's the thing about the team too. It's got this very established, long time presence in Columbus. Absolutely, you know, it's and very successful franchise over the years from the Yankees. Yeah. We did two years with the Nationals, and now ten with the. Cleveland Indians. I think that marriage with the Indians is really because they can move a player up and down 71 yeah. in two hours. <laughs> so if they need a rehab start or whatever, get players here and there and get them back and forth, it's really easy. As Akron, their double A is too. Yeah. 
How about uh, how did our crowds compare to the other towns? So we were right up there again. I didn't get yeah. the final number, but we're right in that six hundred thousand range. And whether mm -hmm. I think one one someplace had a new ballpark this year. I can't remember if it's what in Oklahoma City, but I'd have to look. But we were right there one and two. Yeah. Indy draws pretty well. Sacramento draws pretty well, but we're right in that six hundred thousand range. So yeah. which is uh, very, very much a plus for our team. Isn't that something? You know, the uh, the ball culture in Ohio is something. You know, the Dragons in Dayton, they've sold out yep. 12 years in a row every game. Yep. You know, since they opened their new Been field. a good fit. Reds A ball club, mm -hmm. a little smaller park, 5,000 or so. Yeah. Uh, half the size, but yeah. You, great, do you great think time. that all these cities kind of together would make for, you know, some competition among these different, the, the audiences of each of these? each of these teams, but that's not really how it works, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people love, love going to minor leagues. Obviously, there's the cost mm -hmm. differential. You know, you get a box seat over here versus a box seat in Cleveland or something. It's yeah. a diamond a, dog a, night. Diamond dog night. <laughs> there's a value, but yes. it's, it's such a great family value here, yeah. and that's really what's the underlying uh, theme of what we want to do, a great family atmosphere, a great family uh, you know, bargain, if you will, and uh, I think it's really worked well. I mean, I don't know if we've really even raised our ticket prices in ten mm -hmm. years. If it has, it's been, you know. But tell me about minor. Tell me about uh, the, you know the transition. Uh, obviously, going from player to um, just the other things you've gone into life. Now you're in real estate. I mean, yeah. how how did that process come to be? Uh, great question. So the short version of one of my roommates for the Clippers, Greg Cochran, got in the real estate business out in uh, Scott. So he had had an arm operation hurt. So he got out of the game a year or two ahead. I did, um, and talked about getting into the real estate, commercial real estate, and how he really liked the. Um, Oh, the uh, competitiveness, the energy, the people, the relationships that he developed, and so go and do it. At that time, uh, 1984, uh, CB, which is now CBRE, Coldwell Banker Commercial, back then had just opened up an office. So uh, he was with them in Phoenix and gave me the, you know, had directory, gave me the guy's name, their location. So uh, I just shot him a note and uh, called him up, said I'd like to talk about the real estate business, and good timing because they just opened the office, so... His job is to yeah. fill all those cubes, 20 or 30 people. Yeah, yeah. And so the timing uh, fit good. But I think uh, a lot of things have, have helped from the baseball experience to the real estate experience. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so in the, in the real estate, you know, you've got to learn the, who the players are, mm -hmm. the marketplace, you know, all the information about the building and the tenants, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a, probably a two to, well, one to two year kind of ramp up yeah. on that. Yeah. But uh, the baseball is same thing. You're playing every day for 145 mm -hmm. straight. Yeah. And, you know, you got to, no matter how bad the day was before, you get, you know, strap on the uniform and go get them. So I, sure. I think that competitiveness and that energy fit right in with what I was doing and found a career, very fortunate, found a career that, uh, that I still enjoy today. Huh. You miss it? Miss the baseball, the ballpark. Yeah. Oh, I, I still announce a little bit. Yeah. So I worked really? with the guys there on the on the cable broadcasts and a few on radio. I'll give them a plug on. They've been on WMNI, uh -huh. the AM. So I still get over there. The scheduling of that is sometimes difficult, but it still keeps me in touch with the game. Some of the new rules, the new scouting techniques, and all the analytics are in there. Yeah. And the best part I like about it is I'll run on the opposing team. I'll run into somebody I played with or. Yeah coach with or whatever whatever the case may be and it's uh, so nice a sit down and see him again mm -hmm. and then b they can give me a quick scouting report so i can you know sound 
sound like I know what I'm talking about when yeah. the game starts. But yeah. uh, it. so it's been a it's been a good. Obviously, real estate keeps you busy. You know, twenty four seven. It seems like so. You're just busy all the time, right? Yeah. Well, no doubt about that. That's the other side of it was a little bit different, I guess, was, you know, baseball, typically night games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some travel, obviously. AAA, thank goodness you fly to the to the farther cities. But um, there is a lot of downtime. And, yeah. And, you know, whether, you, whether you, you know, you're up whenever in the morning and then the whole afternoon there, sometimes you go out and do work on something or work out. Uh, batting practice at five or so, and then games at seven, mm-hmm. and you know three if they're three hours there, you're ten. So it ended that whole cycle again. So with real estate, there's really no downtime. Yeah, <laughs> unless you take like. a vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is you know back most of the guys would you know grab another job in the off season because mm-hmm. the minor league salaries didn't really support uh, yeah. your you know anybody's lifestyle for that matter but uh so you really picked up a job which was a good experience not much money but a good experience whether you're delivering for ups did that bartended did that yeah i <laughs> uh, tried to sell real estate in chicago during the oh it had to be the late 70s when the interest rates were 18 percent. so that didn't really uh take off the way it would yeah. so uh it was back to baseball for a few more years and then uh, transitioning out of that are you paying attention that much to the league these days? It's just interesting. We have this conversation about the contraction of the minor league, you know, at the Dream League. It's it's an interesting time, um, and the business just seems like there's a lot of transition with a lot of these teams. Yeah, good timing on that because, yeah, they want to – it's kind of a conflict. I was talking to Ken Schnocky, the general, our general manager, about the other day, and he said, mm-hmm. okay, they want to grow the game. Yeah, and yet they want to cut you know thirty or forty cities out of the minor yeah. leagues. So a lot around here. Yeah, and so it's like the Appalachian it, leagues. It, yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of them. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see the thing of who is cut and who's not, but they're really kind of instead of expanding the exposure, they're yeah. probably you know contracting it. And I know they want to go internationally, get a team in wherever Mexico City or yeah. Japan or London or whatever. I know they want to do that, much like the NFL's mm-hmm. playing some games over there, but. You know the the game is uh, they're they're tinkering with it to try to speed up the action. I guess when you're playing, I mean, if you're losing ten to nothing, it's pretty slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, if you know the game into the game, and you, and you're really as a player, you know, you're so focused on the you know again the situation of the game, who's pitching, and mm-hmm. and you know what's going on that you just you know you're into just the game. Down, you don't really kinda. it's yeah. not really dragging on. Probably. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I think other than that, do you think you have an idea who's going to take the next World Series pennant? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you thought it was going to be uh, the Astros again this year, but it yeah. wasn't. So Washington was a very nice surprise. I mean, you know, right now you could pick anybody. Obviously, the Yankees are always going to be competitive and the <laughs> Dodgers. Course, yeah. So uh, you go in the big money market uh, places that where the money drives those teams. And, of course, Atlanta's been good. Houston's been good. So. I'm from Chicago, so I still pull for the Cubs. How about that? Yeah, I get that, man. It's uh, it's frustrating. I'm a Cincinnati guy, and so it's ever since 2013. You know, we just we lost yeah. Billy Hamilton. We we lost the Todd father. You know, it's right. just I don't know. Well, I should say too, I'm an in big Indian fan too, since our affiliation with the Indians. But so I did go to that World Series, Cubs and Indians. That was exciting and perfect matchup again. I'll go with those two teams. <laughs> Great, man. All right, appreciate it.